Uncluttered and Unfiltered is supported by Hearts for Minds. Can you imagine waiting 10 years to get screened for cancer? On average, people with mental health issues experience a 10-year delay between symptoms and seeking help. And close to two-thirds of mental illnesses go untreated. Hearts for Minds promotes healthy lives by promoting mental health education, facilitating early identification, and connecting people to treatment. Are you ready to learn more? Go to heartsforminds.org. That's hearts, the number four, minds.org for more information or to learn how you can help. Welcome to Uncluttered and Unfiltered, the podcast urging you to let it go and don't look back with nationally acclaimed professional organizer, Christine Stone, and self-proclaimed hot damn mess radio and TV personality, Eden Kindle. Welcome everybody to another episode of Uncluttered and Unfiltered, and this is our Valentine's Day episode. You remember, Christine, last Valentine's Day, we talked to Dr. Richmond. It was all about sex over 50. It was very detailed. Yes, very. Very popular episode, as you can well imagine. We're going to, we're going to, uh, touch on something right now. Love in the second act. This is for our ladies over 50 that are single and looking for love. However, I want to say that our guest today is somebody who has something to offer for everyone at any point in their life. So even if you are not single, the information that she has to impart with everybody is also very relevant if you're in a relationship, if you're looking for a, a job, you know, confidence is everything in all parts of life. Right? And if you're an older married couple. Exactly. So our guest is joining us from the West Coast. She is a therapist. She's a certified style coach, a dating coach, a matchmaker. She's helped so many people find lasting love and connection. You've probably seen her on some of your favorite national talk shows. She certainly makes the circuits. And in fact, she was recently featured on the Tamron Hall show where I was watching that and I was like, wait a minute, there's our friend, the Golden Bachelor, Jerry Turner. And then also, there she is, Kimmy Seltzer. And she is with us right now to talk about the charisma quotient. And at the end, Kimmy, you have to tell us everything you've got coming up and where we can find you. Okay. Do you promise? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, ladies. Well, we're thrilled to have you. Tell us a little bit about, about this, this background and, and how you came from being all of those things I just mentioned into somebody that people look to, to learn about how to just kind of take that next step and be more confident. I'm so happy you asked me about my story because, you know, like people read my bio and I just, I chuckle because, you know, look, I, I'm, I feel really blessed that I've had such a, um, an opportunity to reach so many people, whether it's been on the media and speaking and, and helping people. But Honestly, I come from my own mess. I always say we're our own best teachers always. And it wasn't until I went through my own transformation and I got through it. I'm like, ah, I want to do this and help others. And that's really where my passion comes from, to be honest. And I'll, I'll try to make a very long story that has many, many stories in between short, but it really is relevant to what we're talking about, which is the sexy confidence, which is so much of, you know, how we attract love into our lives. And, you know, if, if you knew me, oh my God, this, I'm going to date myself probably like 20 years ago. I was this good girl from Chicago. I had a very traditional life. I had the picket fence. I, I, practice as a therapist in a very traditional way. 
Um, I had a couple of kids, a dog, a husband. I still have the kids, by the way, but you see where the story is going. <laughs> we'll keep those. Oh, uh, yeah, right. And so, um, no, everything was going on as planned until like we one day all picked up and we moved across the country and we plop here down in La La Land. I'm in Los Angeles. And, um, and that's where the record stopped. Right. The traditional life as I knew it just poof, completely disappeared almost in, in an instant because we ended up doing what all the other people here do. We get a divorce. I'm joking. I, I like to blame LA a lot, you know, but <laughs> honestly, I, I would have been here anyway, for sure. Um, but you know, sometimes like when you're removed from the cushion of your life, that sometimes insulates you from problems. I, it was like crystal clear, right? And so everything happens. So we get a divorce and there I am all alone in this new castle, not knowing what to do with my new life. And here's the kicker. I'm a therapist, right? Um, like of all that, right? I, I should know better. And I like, okay, I know how to do this. I know how to like work through this. So I, I did what I preached to everyone. I worked from the inside out. I really believed in that. I did the work. And here's what happened. Nothing. Absolutely oh, nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I couldn't get out of my own way. And it almost became this analysis paralysis. And for those of you listening, you might know and understand this. It's almost as if doing the work became a crutch. So people would ask me, they would say, oh, Kimmy, are you, are you going out and dating now? And I say, oh, no, you know, I'm really working on myself. But like, what was I really doing? <laughs> you know, sitting there like rocking in a chair, reading books, listening to podcasts. And believe me, all that stuff is really, really good. However, um, I wasn't taking any action. And that was mm -hmm. the real problem. So I'll never forget one day, you know, there's always this like moment in your life where you just get so fed up and like things hit you. I I woke up. I just did a TEDx talk on this, and and so anyone who wants to hear this this story, I, I it, this is where kind of my whole business was birthed. Um, where I hit rock bottom, and I woke up and I looked in the mirror, and I was horrified at what I saw. You know, b besides numbing out with this analysis paralysis, I hadn't even seen myself. And let me tell you. I wasn't wearing this red shirt. I looked like a hot mess. I had frazzled hair. I was still wearing my nursing bras. I wasn't nursing any longer. Um, I was just stuck in my clothes, stuck in my mindset, and I did not like what I saw. So I I did something really untraditional. I am like, you know, enough is enough. Like I'm going shopping because everything in my closet consisted of black and it, they were three sizes too big, maybe a splash of beige, but everything looked awful on me. And so I'm like, all right, maybe I'll just feel better if I go shopping. So I'm going into the store. This is, this is exactly where everything changed. I go into the store and I think I'm up leveling myself, right? So I'm, well, no, what am I doing? I'm putting black clothes in my arms again. Like I'm thinking, oh, new clothes, new me. But no, I'm doing the same darn thing I'm always doing. And this personal shopper, she was watching me and she comes up. I now refer her as my guardian angel. She's like, ma'am, I've been watching you and I really think you should try this on. And she holds up a red dress, much like the color I have on, if you can see me now. And I said, 
that's really sweet of you, but that's really not my size. And that's so not my color. She says, honey, that is your size. That is your color. Try it on. (laughs) You know, it was like, bam. You know, it was like she hit me over the the head with, with that red dress. I call it my red dress moment. And it's the moment where you're hit with something that you suddenly wake up and you do something about it. And then that's really like what I help all my clients do. Everybody should have a red dress moment. You know, it's a metaphor. And even men, I need to come up with a better metaphor for men, but um <laughs> and, a red dress. Right. Yeah, yeah. Guys are always like Kim, maybe the blue shirt. The blue shirt's a good one. Um, and so I I took the dress. I'm like, you know what? She's right. I need to feel differently. I need to move differently. So I slipped into the dress and I squeezed into it and I twirled around like Cinderella and bam, I looked in the mirror. I was like, oh my God, I'm a princess. Like I, I just, I hadn't seen myself like that in so long. It was, it really shook me. And so I took that dress and I bought it as a costume. And I, the reason why I, I called it a costume, because I didn't believe it really. I'm like, you know, I'm going to take this dress. I'm going to walk out into the world. I'm just going to see what happens. And boy, did I do it. I took upon myself to wear that red dress everywhere. I mean, I went to the grocery store. I went to the, walking my dog. I went to the coffee shop. I went everywhere in that red dress. And here was the thing that really shocked me. I started noticing men noticing me. And I, love I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. That was the thing that really shocked me. Like, oh my God, this whole time I've been wearing black to keep me invisible from men. Whoa. I was hiding this entire time because really deep down I was scared of being seen. And that was really kind of the, the, the moment when I realized there was a symbiotic relationship between the outer and the inner when it comes to confidence, that it's not superficial. How we move through life, how we advertise ourselves, how we market ourselves directly impacts how we feel inside. And you ladies know this, like as, as you talk about, un, you know, not having clutter around you, right? Like, I mean, even just what's on your body is clutter, you know, Mm -hmm. or hiding you in some way. So, um, yeah, I, I had to really get used to being seen. And so then as I got used to being seen, I started loving it and, and liking it. And I really had to practice that. And then I had another problem and then I had to learn how to talk to aliens, but that's a whole other story. So, um, you know, my point in telling you that is that that's, you know, from that moment on, I kind of flipped the script in, in how I approach confidence and help so many people. Cause that's how I help myself. I work from the outside in now. So I help people with how they present themselves through their wardrobe, through their body language, first impressions, their energy, their flirtation energy, all of that stuff. And then I go inward and work on their emotional intelligence. And then the third pillar is the social intelligence. And that's the charisma quotient. So the charisma quotient is style, emotional, and social intelligence. And those three pillars and really is how I help build confidence to attract love. Wow. And a friend years and years ago, I've been married for a very long time, but I, I had a friend years and years ago, I called her up and I was crying and I, my boyfriend and I had broken up and we had been together for almost two years. And she said, put on literally, Kimmy, a red dress. I had a red dress. She said, tomorrow when you go to work, because I was in a work situation where I was wearing dresses, 
I had a red dress with white polka dots on it. And it was the dress that whenever I wore it made people comment. And she said, tomorrow, first day, don't even spend a day not wearing this dress. You wear that dress. And so I, I'm familiar with the concept. I can't say I practice it regularly, but I'm very familiar with the concept of how you feel from what you're wearing. I love it. I, and it's so fun that you, I, I, so many people have stories like that, yet a lot of people just don't talk about it. You know, a lot, especially now it's like, oh, everyone talks about vulnerability and authenticity. And trust me, I really teach and preach that, but it's okay to be authentically you and love the way that you look and feel inside. And, you know, there's so much research out there that how we present ourselves determines how people treat us. I mean, it's the first thing that people see. And it's also a reflection on how we feel inside. So to me, it's exciting because there's not too many things in life that's a quick fix, right? Like there's nothing like a woman walking out of the dressing room and I see her standing a little taller and having a little like bounce in her step and the smile on her face, you know, and then that feedback you know, kind of radiates out into the world. And then you get that back. What you put out is what you get back. So it's, it's really powerful stuff. Well, I have one question. What is like the top three things that women over 50, since this is what this podcast is about, do wrong when they are newly yeah. single and they, they think it's just, I'm going to get on a dating app and that's it. But I, I feel like there's, at least three things they need to quit doing if they want to be successful at finding somebody. Only three. I'm limited well, to only three. And I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> no, top yes. three. Yeah, we could probably go yeah. on, on, but the top right, three. Right. Well, I would say, and honestly, this goes for men too. And this was my own journey. I always throw myself under the bus. So hear me out. Um, I think when you're dating later in life, usually there's been a period of time, maybe you've been in a long-term marriage of some sort, or maybe there's been a long hiatus where you haven't dated, or maybe you've never dated at all. And so the biggest mistake that people make is they go back out there as the relationship person. And so a couple things happen. One is they're vetting for their next boyfriend. And so because they're doing that, their expectations are really high. They're looking for all the qualifications, you know, they're like almost like an, in an interview and that's just not sexy, right. <laughs> you know? And so there, there's a lack of courtship that happens because they want to skip the courting phase and get right to the boyfriend because maybe they just haven't had enough dating experience. And I think that's the second mistake is because there's no dating experience, there is a lack of flirting. Um, maybe they don't know where to go, you know, and they get really target specific and who they might flirt with. And, you know, dating is a way of life. That's how I like to look at it. And when you learn to enjoy it and you flirt and you have fun with everyone, that's when opportunity starts happening. But a lot of people find like they go into the mindset where dating is hard or there's no good men out there. So the third mistake is the mindset for sure, is that they think, oh, I'm too old, my, or they're not feeling sexy in their body. Maybe there's been a lot of shifts after menopause, you know, that kind of thing. So what they're used to when they were maybe a young dater, they have to get used to who they are now and embrace that. And because of that, the goals might change. So, you know, when, when we were all younger, we dated 
to find a boyfriend to settle down with, maybe have a family. That's not necessarily the case when you're dating later in life. Like maybe you just want to have a little fun. Maybe you want to find a partner that you can travel with. And it's so important to get crystal clear on what it is that you want and create what I call a dating mission statement. This is what I do with all my clients, just like a business you know, mission statement mm-hmm. is to really get clear on what it is that you're set out to do. But most of all, what do you need to practice in order to get there? Yeah, that's, I love that. The mission statement yeah. brings me back to that Tom Cruise movie with the Mitch, <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Oh, yeah. The right. mission statement. Yes. Well, oh, well, I forgot about that. That's funny. Oh, yeah. That yeah. You, you were talking about a movie because the movie that just popped into my mind too was, I think it was called Hitch, where he's teaching the guy to have game. And so you say that you actually coach on flirting too. How do you even approach that? What would you say to somebody who is like flirting? Come on, me? I can't. Uh, I'm so glad you asked this. Okay. Well, first of all, it's so funny you mentioned Hitch because a lot of people um, call me Hitchette. I'm kind of like Hitch meets (laughs) what not to wear, if you know those references. (laughs) We're all all of age to know those references. Um, Yeah. So flirting is a big part of my business. It's actually, I I teach a lot of flirt workshops. Um, It's kind of the gateway to me, for me into like feeling good and and an attraction, but it also has a lot of associations attached to it. That word, you know, anytime I say flirting, I I just see women going, you know, like in their face, right? And so the first thing that I always tell people to do it's really take a look at the definition of flirting and what it means to you. And so when I ask people like, what is flirting to you? I mean, a lot of times people have these like horrific, horrific associations with or highly sexualized kind of behavior that it's supposed to be. But what's interesting is if you look in the dictionary, do you know what the true definition of flirting is? This is fascinating. No idea. No. It's to behave as though you are attracted to somebody without the serious intention of an outcome. Oh, I love that. Oh, Isn't that great? Just flipping your hair. Yeah. Like, well, and that's you know. part of it. Yeah. Or twirling <laughs> right. it, you know, right. like, and, and right. there's, there's techniques definitely that I teach. Yeah. However, before we even get to the techniques, you have to look at that second part of the, def- the definition because being attached to the outcome is why everybody gets tripped up. Everybody is worried about what's next. I don't want to give them the wrong impression. I don't want to look awkward. I feel silly. I don't know how. What if, what if, what if, what if? But it's not any of that. It's what is. And it's more about being magnetic and being playful that has just like people drawing to you. Like I flirt with babies. I flirt with old men. I flirt with dogs. I, I flirt with life. And that's what I really try to teach people. But, you know, being silly is really hard for people. But, it, you know, I, I kind of, I love kids, right? Because kids are natural flirts. You know, they don't get attached to the outcome. They don't worry about anything. If they see something they like, like little Johnny sees Betsy in a playground, he's not like, oh, I don't want to approach her. She looks really busy. He just goes up to her and says, (laughs) hey, you want to play? Right. But what happens is we develop filters as we get older, right? And, And 
hurt happens and we protect ourselves and the walls build up. Yeah. Right. And then suddenly we're these like scared people. Um, but if we all kind of go back to kindergarten and think of flirting as just playing on the playground, it becomes so much fun. I do these dating retreats. And one of the things, and it's co-ed and it's beautiful because I really help everybody get out of their head and get more into their body. We do salsa dancing, we do photo shoots, we do makeovers. But one of the things I make them do is I have them go out into the town and I have like an app and they have to do like almost like a dating scavenger hunt and do silly things. Like all the women have these like cat ears and I, I have them put like lipstick on and like they have to go out and do all these silly things. And they're oh horrified gosh. at first, oh. horrified. And they come back laughing, their hair frazzled, goofy. It, it, it's It's beautiful to watch because that's at the end of the day, that's what we're all attracted to. We're attracted to men who are silly and goofy too. You know, that's funny because what she's talking about, it's like a class, you know, you're newly single. And so you're going to take a class on how to flirt, how to dress. How, Cause like you said, you've been out of it for so sure. long and you're thinking like you did when you were 20 or 25 or 35, but you're 60. So uh-huh. I, I, it's like you have to be reschooled on how to get back in the game. Oh my God, that's exactly. I really focus on dating skills. It, it's a, these are skills, and it becomes less overwhelming when you think of it that way. And honestly, a lot of people, I'd say 50% need tune ups, you know, because they're feeling rusty, like you said. And the other 50% never even learned how. You know, like they fell into a relationship really early. They've just been maybe one or two relationships. They never learn the art and skill mm-hmm. of dating and having fun without getting attached to the outcome, without getting attached to anybody. But really what you're doing is you're dating yourself. You're getting to know who you are in a whole different way maybe than you never have before. So I it's it's that. it's really like a reinvention time and it can be beautiful. So I want to, you know, if you're listening to this and you're feeling a little overwhelmed, how to get back out there, I always tell people, just pick one thing that you want to practice in each of the areas of the charisma quotient. And that's when it starts snowballing and those little wins add up to the bigger success. So that. Kimmy, first of all, Please tell us that you'll come back on for a part two because we there's no no chance we're done talking to you. Oh on my our god! End. Please, I have so much more to share. Yes, I, would love I know. To come back I know. On. <laughs> and now, before I we ask you the second little piece of this, because having seen you on with Jerry Turner, the Golden Bachelor, on one of the TV shows, we have to hear the scoop. We spent a lot of time talking about that show, but before we do that, can you tell everybody some exciting news that you have, and and some of the different ways that people can find you and reach out to you and learn from you? Yes. Well, actually, you know, I don't, depending on when you're listening to this, Valentine's is slowly approaching. And this is, I know a lot of, um, a dreaded day for a lot of singles. And what I want to share is what if you saw this day as an opportunity to meet somebody special? Um, so 
I'm, I'm kind of, we were just talking about flirting. So it's like so perfect. I'm actually doing a funny contest. It's called Who's the Worst Flirt in America right now? Oh. And it's a chance to win a flirt and style session with me. And it's really just a, a fun way of submitting stories and why you think you're the worst flirt. If you just go to worstflirt.com, you can um, submit, you know, your story, your video, your picture, whatever it is that you think. Or if you know somebody, you can nominate them and and submit it for them. <laughs> uh, so besides that, um, I have lots of goodies coming up. I have a workshop coming up February 21st on how to um, convert conversations into dates because that's another thing. A lot of people find that they go on dates and it becomes like this Q&A interview session. And so I want to teach people how to tell stories and be engaging so that your conversations turn into dates and your date feels it, you know? So it, it's interactive. It's co-ed, which is so all, most of my programs are co-ed. Um, and and a little freebie for you too. If you just want to like see what kind of dater you are, you can go to kimmyseltzer.com forward slash quiz and you can take my dating diagnosis quiz and you can see maybe some of where you're having trouble with dating. And I kind of go over some ways to help you. And you'll also be on my list and see all the goodies that I have coming up. Oh, and by the way, the workshop, you can just go to stophatingdating.com and Stop you can- dating. <laughs> Stop hating dating. I love that.com. So, so all of that will be in our show notes. So we will make sure everybody can find awesome. you, Kimmy. Yeah. Okay, so, so tell us about, um, we're watching the Tamron Hall show and there you are with right. Jerry Turner talking about, um, finding love late in life. And then we got, even though there were so many moments, we were so super cringed out by this show. We <laughs> also appreciated the spotlight it put on hope for these for women, women over 50. So what are your thoughts about it? Oh my God. I loved the show so, so much in so many ways. Honestly, this could be a whole episode to be, because there's, there's a lot of topics I feel that came out of the show, but it's exactly what you just said. Finally, for the first time, we are putting this demographic, this demographic, you know, on the map, but also seeing how there's hope. I think it just gave so many people hope where, you know, I do have a chance in the second act. I can find love. And not only that, I can almost find a better love for me in this moment of my life. Um, and the other thing, it was so real. Like a lot of the stuff that you saw, I see in my dating retreats. I see with my clients and it's such a more mature type of right. um, situation. You know, obviously this kind of bachelor was definitely different than other bachelors, you know, right. and, and then the camaraderie and the friendship that came out of all the women, you know, that's another topic that I'm very passionate about and why I have so many like um, communities building is because there's such a feeling of isolation when you are you know, single later in life, all your friends usually are married or coupled off and that breeds more isolation. So I am determined to just have more opportunities for people so that they don't feel so alone. Cause I know I did, it was, that was a horrible feeling. And so that show really, you saw the ladies, they didn't even care if they were, you know, they didn't knocked care. Off. Yeah, They're like, no. Oh, we love you. And they were so happy for everybody. And, and that really is the case. And I think they got that 
you know, more than anything else, you know, I'm glad Gary and Teresa found each other, but I think so much more came out of that. And, and Gary, yes, Gary is just as, you know, genuine and authentic and vulnerable in real life. And and in those moments I got to talk to him, he, he really exuded that. And I think that's why a lot of the ladies were falling for him. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to sign off with you right now, Kimmy, because we are starting to get into that technical area. We've, we want to send all of our best to everybody over there on the West Coast. We know yes. you guys are having some crazy weather. Terrible. All kinds of issues that could arise from that rain. So we are thinking about you. And like we said, we're going to make sure everybody knows how to reach you. And please, please come back. Come back. I feel oh. like we just touched the surface. Yes, definitely. I was just flirting with you ladies so that I could come back. It worked. I'm going to go home and flirt with my husband and see if it works. It'll work. It'll work. He's been waiting. Oh my God. And please never stop flirting with your partner. That's another episode, right? Like that. Yeah, we'll we'll have you back for that. Yes, absolutely. What a fantastic guest in Kimmy. And we're definitely going to have her back if she will join us again in the near future. She has a lot to share, as you heard, and we'll make sure in our show notes that you know where to find her. Now, pulling back the curtain just a little bit, Christine and I did record a ending to this particular interview, but unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, we can't share that with you. So I'm just kind of closing this out on my own and asking you, if you enjoy our podcast, would you please share it with just one friend? We would really appreciate that. And we hope that they would as well. Also, if you have an opportunity to leave us a a good review or five stars, or if you have something else you want to tell us, you can just reach out to us via our special Facebook group, Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only. It's a private group on Facebook, but you are invited to join it. You just have to await approval. And then once you're in, you're in. So thank you again. And because this is just me right now, I'll have to do the ending all on my own and say that with all things that might be heavy on your heart, you remember you can let it go and don't look back.